welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. in week two of our series on stress, and I will say it is perfect timing. Uh, Many of us are feeling the stress at the holiday season between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And uh, for me, I got to let you know, honestly, uh, Christmas is not stressful for me really at all. Uh, Just kind of Becca does everything for Christmas. I'm just going to let you know. Um, on November 1st, she said, you know what today is? I said, what? She goes, November 1st. And she's like, we get to decorate for Christmas. And I mean, she finds a new level of energy for Christmas. Uh, one year she had the Christmas tree up on Halloween and people were like, tricker, Christmas. You know, they didn't know what to say. Um, but I really, honestly, I delegate everything. She just takes it. She gets, uh, you know, all the gifts. She decorates the house. She buys us the outfit that everybody lays it out on the bed. Here's the Christmas photo. I mean, she's all organized. I mean, and I get like double blessed at Christmas because I get to open my own gifts. And then when the kids open their gifts too, I'm like, oh, we bought you that. I mean, so it's like a double, I mean, no stress here, you know. Uh, but anyway, she should be preaching. I should make her preach this one. But it's a heightened season of stress. And I will tell you this, I found all sorts of lists online, uh, blogs. Mayo Clinic has stuff to say about Christmas stress and about this time of year. Um, I found a couple of different things that were interesting. Uh, I found a list that said things that will help you with your Christmas stress. And one of them said chewing gum will help you, that it actually relaxes you and and relaxes your jaw and and whatnot. I found it on that same list. It said chocolate will really help you with Christmas stress. True story. It said antioxidants uh, would help. So I thought Pastor Darren might have been onto something last week with his DQ blizzard thing, you know. And... um, But after all, did you know that stressed is actually just desserts spelled backwards? Did you know that? Come on, there it is right there. Um, But but, yeah, you're like, the sermon's worth it already right there. Now, stress really is defined as that physical or mental or emotional strain or tension, and we really live there. We live there as a society. We are a stressed people. Uh, in 1980, they said we spent about $2.4 billion on therapy as a country. And in 1997, we spent $44 billion on therapy. And it just continues to grow rapidly. Um, Taylor Clark, in an article in Slate, said that the average high schooler has the same level of anxiety today 
as a psychiatric patient in the 1950s. Uh, there's just anxiety, there's stress, there's this tension that we're living in, and the, the symptoms of stress are many. I mean, it reads like a horrible list. You'd think that once we realized all the symptoms of stress, we would want to avoid it at any cost. I mean, it's headaches, stiff neck, jaws, a stick jaw, uh, stiff jaws, stiff shoulders, hands, irregular heartbeats, dizziness, suffering from colds, flu, indigestion, nausea, difficulty falling asleep, staying asleep, waking up tired, angry, irritability. I mean, it sounds like one of those drugs where they're like, it causes the falling, you know, and you don't want to take that drug, you know. You don't want it. You don't want it. Now, I will tell you this, that uh, stress can be extremely harmful to us, but stress can also be uh, a gift to us, okay? Stress can be a gift, and stress will give you a heightened sense of awareness. It will allow you uh, to, to rescue someone. It'll allow you the fight or flight uh, things that will happen in your life. It allows you to have a greater focus. Um, I was reading a, a book the other day on the, the, uh, the mental game of golf. You know, I like to get better and, you know, sometimes I just feel like maybe everything that's going wrong is right here. And uh, as I was reading that book, and it was talking about stress is a good thing. You got to learn to use it as your friend, that stress gives you a heightened awareness to get there. And uh, it was talking about a, a rubber band that, you know, stress is kind of like that. It's okay. It's okay for a season that it stretches, but it's bad when it goes all the way and you live like this your whole life. If you live like this your whole life, not good. But if you just have that moments where you stretch it out and then you go back, you can use it for your advantage. But I'm afraid so many of us live to this level, and I'd break it and snap it, but I'm afraid it would hit me in the face. So <laughs> we're living in that. How many know we're living there? We're just like, and we're living in a constant level of stress, chronic stress, chronic stress. And I will tell you this, I believe this chronic stress is, is not the way we were created to live at. It's not the rhythm that God wants us to live at. And this chronic stress is actually stealing so much from us, more than just those uh, symptoms that are there. I believe that chronic stress is actually stealing from us our joy. It's stealing our peace. It's stealing our very life. Okay, we've not talked about it in America, but uh, the Japanese have started to talk about this. They have a word now that talks about that you're dying from the work stress that's in your life, that you are so overburdened with, with stress that the Japanese actually came up with a new word, and it's uh, karoshi, all right? It's not a cereal, and it's not a singing thing, okay? Karoshi is the name of the word. And it's a word from death, from overwork or stress. Sad thing. And insurance companies are in Japan are now starting to insure people against Kiroshi, this, this stress death. So it's actually stealing our joy, stealing our peace, literally stealing our life. And, and, and we're just embracing. We live in stress and we should be fighting it with everything we have. And I believe this more than those things there. It steals our worship. It steals our worship. As I prayed about stress, and I thought, what am I going to preach about? How can I make this more than just a self-help thing? What can I focus on for the body of Christ to help you to understand what your stress is doing to you? And I believe this, your stress is stealing away your worship of God, and the stressful life that you're living is, is an attack from the enemy to steal you away from the beauty of your relationship with God. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30 in the Message Translation. I love the way Eugene Peterson interpreted this. He says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. 
I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I love that line. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Learn the rhythm of grace. Learn this rhythm, not the rhythm of the stress life, not the rhythm that's way beyond grace, not the rhythm that is destroying us. And I want to tell you this, don't let this stress steal your worship from God. I believe you're going to find the peace. I believe you're going to find what you're looking for if you can get into the rhythm of grace and not allow stress to steal away these things. And I've noticed this, that it steals, when I say worship, I'm going to give you a few things today. Uh, stress will steal away your personal worship with God. How many know that stress will steal it away? You can get so stressed out that you're like, you, you know you should spend your time in the Word of God. You know you should spend time uh, with Him. You know you should spend time praying. You know you should spend time reading your uh, Scripture, observation, application, prayer. You know you should be doing that. But you get so stressed out that it steals away your personal worship and there's no time for quiet time. And everything within you is like, I need to, I, I want, but I'm stressed. I'm stressed. And you're like, I, I can't go to God. I'm, I'm stressed. And it's the exact opposite of what we should be doing. Psalm 46.10 says, he says, be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus had time. If anybody's living a life that would be stressed, if anybody's living a life that has high demands on it, Jesus had to get away from the crowds everywhere he went. They're like, touch me, give me a miracle, feed me. Uh, people were just coming at him all the time. And, and instead of losing it, instead of just snapping, instead of having all, he's, he's able to minister to them. But it, the Bible tells us he got away to lonely, quiet places. The other day, this is funny to be able to say this, the other day I was at the Sea of Galilee. Uh, <laughs> don't say that often, all right? But I sat there looking at the Sea of Galilee where Jesus was, was alone with the Lord, with, with his heavenly Father, where he spent time. We were walking in the, the mountain areas where, you know, he fed the multitudes and where he preached uh, about the Beatitudes, I mean, we're in that spot and we took our boat uh, out onto the Sea of Galilee and then we cut the engine and then we just listened to River Valley worship. So we had River Valley worship playing on there and we just spent time worshiping God out there. And it was, we just, it was just so amazing to be in the stillness of it in that quiet place. And you could just picture like this is the same place where Jesus was, where it tells us in Luke that he got away and, and listened to the voice of his heavenly father. Don't let the stress of this life steal away your personal worship. Commit today right now to say, man, the stress is not going to steal that away. C.S. Lewis said this. He says, the first job each morning consists in shoving all other voices all back and in listening to that other voice taking the other point of view, letting that other larger, stronger quieter life come flowing in. I got to tell you, I got convicted just recently about the voices, the first voices that I've been listening to. 
And it wasn't that they were actually speaking into my ears, but they were speaking into my eyes. I've become so addicted to my iPad. I get up and I, instead of like going straight to the word, I'm like, well, what does this thing have to say? And what does that cite? And what is that? And what does real clear politics have to say? And what is that? And real clear religion and this. And I'm going, and, I, and, I, and I, I was convicted that I'm waking up and I'm letting other voices get in. And those other voices are not bringing peace to me. They're actually stealing away my personal time. Maybe you could identify with that. Don't let the stress of your life steal away that personal worship time. I believe God wants you to have that time where you meditate on him. And by meditate, I don't mean empty your mind. I mean magnifying the Lord and placing him before everything else and focusing in on him and taking time to say, I'm not going to let the stress of my life steal away my personal worship. But the stress of life steals away your corporate worship. I thank God that you're here this weekend. But many times we get too busy. We get too busy. Like the stress of life, we just start thinking, it's so stressful. I can't be there. I can't make it. You know, how many know you're like, okay, we, we can't make it. Let's, let's watch online. And then you try to watch online. You're like, okay, we can't make it online. Let's, we'll make it next week. Okay, we can't make it. Okay, we'll be there for Christmas for sure. We'll get a ticket. All right, you know, we'll, we'll try to be there. You know, how many know? And the stress, and, and you're letting stress steal away your worship. And I can't help but think of Hebrews 10, 25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. It's like, don't give up meeting together. Don't give up being together in corporate worship. I will tell you this, as beautiful as it was to be on the global team um, last week in, in Israel, I gotta tell you, just being in our worship service today there was just something refreshing about it. There was something refreshing about seeing you at church and knowing that uh, we were worshiping God together. There was something refreshing and, and I could feel a, a sense of peace flooding over me. I could feel it. And I'm telling you what, if you, if you come to church and you're, 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 if you're missing church or if you don't have enough margin in your life, like Pastor Darren talked about, uh, about having that margin to get there, you come into church and you're racing in and you're trying to get in. We're on the last song and you're out of the rhythm of grace and you're in the, the stress of life and you're trying to get here and you get here late and you leave early. I'm telling you what, you're missing out and you're letting stress steal away your corporate worship of God. Don't let it do that. Don't let it do that. So we're like, well, I got to work. I can't, uh, you know, I mean, we're stressed and at work we've got to, and, and I can't, you know, I, I, I would love to be at church, but it's a busy season and I can't be there. I'm telling you what, you need to be in corporate worship. It actually fights against the stress that is in your life. It actually helps bring the peace that you need. It actually helps bring the creativity that you need. They've proven this. Scientists, sociologists, they've proven that when you take time to slow down, when you take time to have a Sabbath, if you will, when you take time to do that, that it actually creative juices start flowing again. And some of you are like going, you're working longer hours and having less productivity because you're stressed out. And God's like, come to me, get into the rhythm that I have for you. I wish every single person in our, our church could go to Israel and experience a Sabbath someday. I mean a real Sabbath where all of a sudden it's sundown because just the other day we were there and it's, it's Sabbath. We're like, so you guys are shutting down. You know, when it's sundown, it's shutting down. You're shutting down, right? Yeah. I mean, are you, I mean is there anything? You know, no, you just go home. And I was like, wow, 
You know, they're like, yeah. <laughs> and it was interesting, the perspective. As an American, I was like, bummer. They totally, nothing's open, nothing, right? Just shut her down. And it was, it, I found my bias was towards like, wow, huh, nothing's open, you know? I mean, the only thing we got like that is Chick-fil-A, you know what I mean? <laughs> Which, by the way, Chick-fil-A outperforms. They're like the highest grossing fast food chain. And by the way, I'm not sponsored by Chick-fil-A. Some of you are thinking there's quite a few Chick-fil-A references. But they're outperforming by shutting down today. But here's the way the, the Jewish people approach Sabbath. Sabbath. They're like, yes, it's a day off. It's a day of rest. It's a day of nothing. It's a day to worship. It's a day for family. And if you go to the Western Wall, they're dancing in the, you know, the circle dance. They're just excited and they're celebrating. We welcome the Sabbath. We welcome the opportunity to worship. We welcome this. Welcome God. And, and then I'm feeling convicted again. Like, I mean, I enjoy the day that we have to worship, but I thought, I don't enjoy it with that intensity. I think because stress has been stealing and, and nipping away at the corporate worship that I'm experiencing, that we're experiencing. And we ought to celebrate and enjoy the ability that we get to come together and worship God and that we have this ability to have corporate worship together. We should see church coming together as a church as a gift. Let me say, say it again. We should see coming to church as a gift. We should see it as like, we get to go to church. We've cleared our schedule. We get to go worship God. And we're going to say no to the stress of this world. We're going to get in the rhythm of grace. And the rhythm of grace is going to bring peace to our life and joy to our life. It's going to let us really live life. Please don't let stress steal away your corporate worship. Another thing, uh, stress will steal away your serving worship. Stress will steal away your serving worship. You know, if you can find time for personal worship and you're doing your devotion time, if you can find time for corporate worship, there's still more. There's serving worship where you're actually serving and using your gifts. Like 1 Peter 4.10, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Okay. And when you're not doing that, you're, you're, you're letting stress. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm too busy. I can't do it. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, it's, it's enough for me to get there and worship. I mean, to actually serve and to, you know, like maybe go to one service and serve at one or serve at another. I, I can't. And you're, you're allowing stress to steal away your blessing. You're allowing it. And, and what's crazy is your stress is actually causing more stress on our body. Okay, you're giving into stress and so you're not serving and you're not serving which you're not using your gifts that are there to serve one another cause someone else to miss out on ministry which causes more stress and then your stress of not serving actually causes more stress on the leadership of the church. And by the way, if I could say this, if you've answered the call to serve at River Valley Church, let me just say this. I'm going to bring up an old thing that we used to say years ago. I want to bring it back. We used to say as pastors that we hate the ministry flea flicker. All right? Somebody like, what does that mean? How many know what a flea flicker is? You know, like you hand the ball off and he runs to the line, he turns around, and he throws it back to the quarterback. It's like you give it to him and he throws it back. And we used to say that people in church, we'd give them the ministry of serving and they'd go for like one step and go, yeah, I don't want to do it. And they'd throw it back to us. And they'd call us on Saturday night. How many know what I'm talking about? 
Saturday night, yeah, I can't make it. Sorry about that. And they'd leave a, they'd hope that we didn't answer the phone or they texted like, sorry, I can't make it. And then they turn their phone off. And then we're on Sunday morning running around like, oh, who's going to work in the nursery? And who's going to do the parking lot? And who's going to do the welcome center? And who's going to, and, 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 and your stress because, and your lack of serving causes more stress on the entire body. No more flea flickers. All right, no more. Come on, show up once a month, twice a month, serve, be faithful. Don't do that because then all you're doing is stealing the rhythm of grace from the rest of the body. Don't do that. So uh, jump into your serving worship, get into that, don't let the stress steal that away from you and then please, please, please stay faithful to your serving and not cause more stress on the rest of the body by you giving into your stress, if that makes sense, all right? Another one. Don't let stress steal away your giving worship. Don't let stress steal away your giving worship. Okay, what do I mean by that? There's a lot of stress right now. As a matter of fact, the number one stress for men is money. Number two for women is money. Okay, so number one uh, for men is, is, is money, and number two for women is money. Okay, there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of stress that's there, like, uh, I, I've got I've to get, and, and I don't have enough, and so I've got to, I, 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 I don't know if I can give, and there's not enough left, and, and so you have this stress on your life, and there's a, there's a rhythm of grace, there's a peace that God wants to give to you as you start to give, as you honor him with a tithe, as you start to honor him with the first fruits, as you start to do that, and you, you live that way, I'm telling you what, there's a, a worship in giving, there's a worship in giving and you're allowing the stress of this world to choke out the blessings of God that will fall on your life. And I'm going to tell you one of the things that is a blessing of God when you start to tithe and you trust God in that way, there's a peace that comes on your area of finances. I'm just telling you the truth. The mo How many know the most stressful thing about tithing is starting? Okay? That's where all the stress lies. You're like, oh, Oh, if we do that, uh, ooh, and you just say, that's a lot. You know, I, I've had people say to me, like, that's a lot of money. I'm like, well, we could pray you make less if it's easier, you know, <laughs> less stressful. <laughs> I don't want to pray that prayer. I want to pray for your obedience. So the most stress in that is that you feel stressed in starting but I'm telling you what, as soon as you start tithing, you know what happens? Here's what you realize. He's my source. I've never been the source all along. He's my source. He works through me, and I honor God. And this tithe to God says that I realize everything I have comes from him. He's going to take care of me. He's my source. He's my resource. And I don't have to worry. I don't have to stress. My heavenly father knows what I need even before I pray. He's going to take care of me. I can look at the lilies. I can look at this and realize that he's taking care of everything. And when I tithe, it's like I break free out of the stress of money. I break free out of like, I've got to have it. I got, well, you know, I got to work and I got to, I, I, the stress is there. And I start to get to where I can rest in God and I realize he's my, my source. I believe this, I believe that God wants you to overcome stress and he wants you to be at peace. And it's not a self-help peace, it's an in him peace. 
It's not a self-help piece. It's an in-him piece. And he's like, don't let stress keep you away from me. I want you to come into me. I want you to spend time with me. Now, Psalm 31. Psalm 31 um, is a beautiful psalm. I don't have time to read all the psalm, but I just want to share with you something about this, about running to God in your stressful times. Running to God. Because what stress wants you to do, stress wants you to step away and rely on self. Stress wants you to say, you don't have time for the word. You don't have time for worship. You don't have time to serve. You don't have time to give. It's self, self. We got to do this. I've got to do it. It's all on me. And if you do that as a follower of Jesus Christ, all you've done is exponentially added to the stress that is on your life. All right? Stress wants you to run away from God. And I, I want to use Psalm 31 to show you this. If you don't know about Psalm 31... David writes Psalm 31, and he's living in a lot of stress. We don't exactly know which stress he's living in. Some have speculated it's when Absalom was betraying him. Some have speculated it was when Saul was trying to kill him. Uh, some, was spe- some were speculating that it was uh, people of another village were trying to kill him. They don't exactly know where he wrote this, but they know that he lived a very stressful life. That, that David, after he kills Goliath... He has a very stressful life because his boss, the king, King Saul, is trying to kill him. His wife has now turned against him. He's a fugitive. He's running for cover. He's getting away. He's he's running for his very life. He's feeling guilty. He's, He's in depression. He's trying to figure this, the stress that is there. People are showing up. To, to rally around him. And the Bible says all the outcasts and all the forgotten and all the people that were cast off are, are gathering around David. And so he's gathering up a bunch of people. So he's got all these mouths to feed and to take care of. And he's got all these people and he's, he has all this stress. And in Psalm 31, um, I, I'll tell you where the verses are. In verse 6 and in verse 14, I wanna, I'll, I'll read them for you. In, in verse 6, he says, As for me, I trust in the Lord. David's talking about the Psalms. He's talking about his stress and all the enemies and all the things that are going on. And he says, as for me, I trust in the Lord. Great, great statement. Let me just clarify what it means though. So, and then in verse 14, he says, but I trust in you, Lord. I say, you are my God. Now, the word that he uses for trust is, is a word, and I'll probably butcher the pronunciation, but it's batak, batak. And the word means I like I aggressively run to you as my refuge because I trust you. I run to you, my stress, God. And if you can see David in Psalm 31, he's saying, my stress, like they are after me. They are coming after me. But you know what? I aggressively run after you as my refuge. I trust you. And we would say the opposite of trust is to not trust, to, to mistrust, to, to, you know, do that. But the opposite of this word means to run away from God and hide from God. And I'm telling you, your stress wants you to run away from God and hide from God, and it wants to steal all your blessings. That's it. It's, it's, and David says, I'm not going to let my struggles and my stress and my despair and my anxiety cause me to hide from you Instead, I grab you. 
I aggressively chase after you. I desire you in a strong way. I, I cling to you. I grab you. And that's what I want you to see right now. Let your stress push you to God and not cause you to hide from him. A great missionary, Hudson Taylor, said this. He said, stress is okay as long as it doesn't come here. If it comes here and it separates you from God and it distances you from God, stress is a horrible thing. But he said, but if stress is here and it pushes you to him and causes you to cling to him even more, embrace what that stress is doing. I think that's a beautiful thing. Don't let your stress come here and block you from God and keep you from God and get you to hide from God. But instead, let your stress be seen as, I need to be in the presence of God. When you say that statement, I am stressed. Let that push you into his presence in personal time. Let it push you into the corporate worship. Let it push you into serving. We're stressed. Let's go serve. When you're saying, we're stressed, I don't know if we can make, let it push you into trusting him as your source and the tithing and giving and saying, I, I, I let the stress of life push me aggressively into the presence of my God, my refuge. I grab hold of him. And so God, I pray right now that we would grab hold of you. You are our source. You are our refuge. We may be stressed. We may be living lives way stretched out. But we come to you, Lord, and say we aggressively come after you. We worship you. We praise you. We trust you. And we trust you so much, God. Help us to not let stress steal our worship of our God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.